0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Gishay, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's episode is with Catherine Hart. Catherine is a stay-at-home mom to four kids and wife to a very ambitious entrepreneur, She has walked through a high-risk pregnancy, postpartum depression and anxiety, and recently some struggles medically with her youngest child. So today we are discussing our very similar stories with seizures and PTSD. And spoiler alert, this is the first episode where I completely lose it on the air. So you're welcome for that. Catherine, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So excited. So the title of your episode is For When Life is Messy. We may have to put like a caveat on on that. That's like for when life is messy, but you're not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because that's like what we're going to talk about today. So you have like a really incredible life story. I'd love to give you the opportunity to kind of share a little bit about yourself and your life and also your recent circumstances.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm a mom and a wife. I have four kids. Um, they are, oh my goodness. Let me think. (laughs) (laughs) They're nine, seven, five and a half and three and a half. Um, so it's a busy house. Um, my husband runs his own small business. So like that on top of that, um, (laughs) it's just wild. um, Oh, my goodness! what else? I was a former nurse, so I have a lot of like knowledge base on the body, which is my absolute favorite thing. Um, I love Jesus with my whole heart, and I really fell in love with him when I actually went through postpartum depression and anxiety um and so that was like about a two and a half three year battle for me mm. um, which it has been I think it's been two and a half years now that I've been free of depression mm. um not free of anxiety. <laughs> I still yeah. have um anxiety, yeah. but anyway, um recently our daughter um has been having uh seizures over the last year. Um and basically through that I've kind of like grown more of a passion to come alongside women to encourage them with where they're at and the challenges that they face. So um, just encouraging them that God is not too big to util- utilize them in their circumstances um, to cause deeper root or reconciliation with Him. Um, yeah, so that's a little synopsis. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's incredible, and I love that you've, you know, you've kind of walked through some really hard things and have yeah. decided that what you want to do with that is kind of come along other people that are walking through hard things.
1: Yeah. And that's totally important because I think a lot of us will go through things and we so easily forget like, okay, I've been there. I'm done. Mm. But I don't think that that is the point to this walk. This walk here is to like go through this and root down and then look at the person beside you going through it and say, hey, I've been there. You know, I'm going to be here with you in the trenches and you're messy. And that might, me- might make me a bit messy too, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be here with you.
0: Yeah. So. Right. And I think, I love what you said about, like, you can walk through something and be like, okay, that's done. That's over. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't need to go back to that. You know, I can, I feel that way sometimes about like mental health stuff and talking yeah. about that really openly on my platform. Yeah. Like the week that we're recording is mental health awareness week. And so yeah. I've been talking a ton on my platform about anxiety and depression and PTSD oh, amazing. and it's exhausting,
1: (laughs) you know? And it's... No, because you're like, you're like digging down and it's like you're in a garden and you're like digging down to get to the root of something to plant something else. And that's when we get messy and muddy, right? It's like when I talk about what we're going to talk about, I'm like, it brings it up all the time. When I have to revisit those circumstances, it brings it up all the time. But I think that's where the enemy creeps in and says like, be quiet, shut up. I don't, she doesn't want to hear it. It's too much. But that's where God's like, no, I I can use this. This mm-hmm. is good. You're saying it right.
0: Yeah, and I think that he, I think that, you know, I know that life's lives are impacted by people choosing to tell their story, because yeah. otherwise the enemy wouldn't be fighting
1: so hard to shut us up. Totally, totally. Right? I love that. It's like so it, true. if.
0: If lives weren't impacted by me talking about my struggles with yeah. mental health, then it would probably be really easy.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, but then it's so encouraging for you too because you see people reacting, you know, mm-hmm. and saying like, "Like, I'm so glad you said that because this is where I'm at." And like we we don't see half of it from what you see, right? And messages and stuff, and and we when you do that, you can kind of see like that element of freedom mm-hmm. and then it almost makes it for like a safe space for people. Oh, right?
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, so I don't know if you and I have talked about this. I think we have, I think we've talked about this in DMs when your daughter was in the hospital that yeah. we had a pretty similar experience. Yeah.
1: yeah. Your daughter had something happen a couple of right. years ago.
0: So, I mean, and, and I want to like go a little bit more into like what's happened because just a few weeks ago from when we we're recording y'all were in in the hospital for an extended yeah. amount of time and things were really hard and, and messy mm-hmm. they were messy I mean very n- <laughs> not much messier than like setting up residence in a hospital room like it's oh, just you're like when is the last time I showered have I yeah. had anything but coffee today like yeah <laughs> so, totally that tell yeah. us a little bit about like what's happened recently
1: um, so like I said, our daughter has been having seizures since last August and, um, she had a normal birth, um, normal toddlerhood up until that point, And just like, bang, I don't know where it had How deep. old is she? She's two and a half. So when they, sorry, okay. she's three and a half. So when okay. they started, she was two and a half. Like she was okay. tiny. Yeah. Like I was looking at pictures last night. I'm like, wow, she was like really little. Um, and so. Yeah, so it started from there and they did like MRIs and um, CTs, different testing and stuff um, just to kind of like point out what's going on. And um, so she's been on several different medications recently. She's on three different medications to try and like kink this out. Um, Where we were at about a couple months ago, um, we ended up actually once already, we were in the hospital for a week. Um, just to do a week-long testing, which took longer, because she had, like, multiple, like, larger grand males and they just Mm. wanted to make sure that she was, like, leveled on our medication. So where we're at is on the road to having epilepsy surgery. That was, like, it's, like, the last year has been, like, really difficult, but we had kind of come to terms, like, this is our norm. Um, But a few weeks ago, she had two days where she's just lethargic she was like on the floor on pillows on like my old pregnancy pillow to just keep safe because she she has drop seizures so she falls and hits her head mm-hmm. or she has grand mal's, or um she just kind of gaps out so that particular day um she was very unresponsive to me like barely opening her eyes to her name and then just like closing them and You get really desensitized to living a life of watching your kid have seizures. Mm -hmm. So what someone sees as abnormal, you see as normal. So I became so desensitized to seeing her not well. I was like, this is just her not well again. So throughout that entire day, I just kept telling myself something's wrong. But no, this is normal, like all day. Mm -hmm. Then she had a seizure that was about 10 minutes long. And she could barely breathe, started vomiting. It was horrible, horrible. So I called my husband. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do we call the hospital? He's like, call 911. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, whoa, like, okay, kind of snapped out of it. I was like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. So got rushed to the hospital, um, got sent home that night because they were like, oh, you know, it's just a long seizure. Then we went back to our regular Bay City Hospital, which is an hour from us. And they were like, you should have been here last night. There's something Mm -hmm. wrong with her. And then immediately it was like, we talk about mom guilt, but like, I don't really suffer from that except for this. I was like, I should have listened to my gut if something was wrong, like Mm -hmm. yesterday morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's just kind of where we ended up. We were there for 14 days. They ran a whole bunch of tests to figure out what was wrong with her. Um, We still haven't got to the bottom of it. She couldn't bear weight on her left side. She couldn't, she could barely talk. Um, It was just horrible. Like, we really were convinced we were going to lose her in that night. Like, it was just treacherous. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. So,
0: we have like a similar story that's like on a, it was on a lesser level. Uh, Pacey had a a febrile seizure when she was just Mm -hmm. over one. Oh, wow. And it was a 35-minute seizure.
1: Oh, get out. That's so awful.
0: And then the actual issue ended up being because they couldn't get her out of the seizure. They gave her too much. They OD'd her on Ativan.
1: Right. We did talk about this. Yes. Yes. So they OD'd
0: her on Ativan. She ended up in respiratory failure, like, intubated, all that kind of stuff. And, like, I don't know about you. I think we did talk about it. Like, I have PTSD.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's one thing I was going to say is that like that triggers it big time. Like the Mm -hmm. very first time we called an ambulance last October, like as a nurse, I've seen this, like it's so different with your own kids though. And like, I had to go into an emerged bathroom and literally lock the door and just like rock in a corner Mm -hmm. and be like, God, I don't know why, like what is happening? Like this, like I thought I dealt with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. But yeah, it is. It, there's such an element of PTSD with medical moms and dads yes, because absolutely. we talk about people going to war. And my counselor said to me the other day, like, no, people going to war would rather send themselves, not their kids. Oh, and wow. That's oh. why it's so hard for us, yes. right?
0: And I think that like we do, we, we liken PTSD to veterans, right? It's our, yes. it's our vets. Yes. And, and no one else is allowed to touch that diagnosis. And it took me a very long time. Yes to call it PTSD but if you if you take it from the acronym to the full it's Mm post-traumatic stress disorder right both both of our situations are extraordinarily traumatic nobody wants to watch their kid have any length of a seizure nobody wants their kid to like not be able to walk or talk you know like that is trauma and so I've been I've been having conversations with people recently about kind of like, almost reclaiming that PTSD, Mm -hmm. that, like, is it, do our vets come home with PTSD? A hundred percent. Can you have it if you've never been to war? Also a hundred percent.
1: Oh, totally. Like, you think about any human circumstance that's, like, played on your emotions in, like, a depth, and the other thing, too, is that, like, that one-time trauma, of course it's difficult, but the other thing is, like, that repeated over and over. You're like, no wonder people get desensitized to things. Like, right? Right.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it makes total sense that your response was what it was because
1: mm-hmm. you experienced mm-hmm.
0: it all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so like for me, it's like you said I started to like have to respect again. Like I have to remind myself this all the time. Like I woke up in the night the other night just like saying to my husband like, "You're in the hospital. Are you okay?" And he's like, "Cat, mm-hmm. like wake up." And I'm like, "Whoa, like okay, like, I'm not in an okay spot right now. Like, I'm pretty good for the most part. But I Mm -hmm. recognize that like, I have to still seek counseling, I still need to talk about this actively, because this is an ongoing issue.
0: Yeah, right. I'm kind of getting emotionally talking about it. There was the like six months after, after Pace's seizure, Jeremy would have to catch me jumping out of the bed.
1: Yeah, like
0: I would be jumping out of the bed in my sleep to go check on her and he'd have to like catch me because I was going to hit the floor. Like, yeah. And, and I know that I know that my experience was best case. I mean, we left Mm -hmm. the hospital with a perfectly healthy, like to the point that the doctors were like,
1: what happened?
0: (laughs) She's fine. She had a 35 minute seizure and OD'd on Ativan and she's fine. That should not have been the case. And, and it is, it's an absolute miracle. Yeah. And so you feel disqualified, yeah, from yeah. from struggling with it, right? Right,
1: because it was a good outcome. I mean, it's like it's like when you're through postpartum depression, like oh, you have mm. kids, you're fine, like you got a like, baby out
0: of it, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good, or like you've had a, or you have a miscarriage, like mm-hmm. oh, this, you know, heaven needed another angel, or like oh, can we another not? kid, that,
0: like, just stop, <laughs> can just we just stop. not?
1: just don't say unhelpful things. And I know that people don't know sometimes. And I think that that's where the conversation starts of like saying, what would be helpful? That's more helpful than not saying something or saying something unhelpful. If that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think like speaking to like women specifically who have walked through some kind of trauma like this, be it a miscarriage or the loss of a child or just a really traumatic event with their child. I love what you said about like, I know that I have to seek out counseling. Like I was in counseling weekly for a solid 18 months to recover from that event I say this all the time on the podcast and on my Instagram about like your mental health is worth the money it takes to go to counseling it's worth asking for help to watch your kids so you can go to a counseling appointment Like if you walk away from this episode with nothing else
1: yeah
0: hear us say that that like your mental health is worth that stuff
1: absolutely like you don't need that purse or those like Mm. things that you're like really saving for you know like it's so so important and crucial
0: and i think that it gets like demoted in the levels of importance like Mm -hmm. i think that for some reason in 2019 there's still a little bit of a stigma on on mental health and counseling and therapy in in particular But it is, it's so much more important than like a new purse or Starbucks every day. Like, it's worth it to like when I had to go, we had to make like real big shifts in our budget, yeah, to afford it. It's not cheap, counseling's not cheap,
1: like, it's not so. It's not, but I mean, if you had a physical ailment that you actually needed to deal with, like, mm -hmm. you would be more likely to do that. And for some reason, mental health takes the back burner.
0: I know, and it's crazy.
1: Okay, real quick, don't skip over this. I need to tell you
0: about something super exciting. The Crappy Christian Podcast finally has merch. I am going to absolutely toot my own horn and tell you that it is stocked full of really great and really fun designs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, hats. You are going to love them. So jump over to crappychristianpodcast.com shop to check it out. I also wanna tell you about a song written by Hannah Verboon called Four Morning. It's about her experience of being an Enneagram Four. She wrote it after a conversation with someone where she was lamenting the pointlessness of everything. And he said, oh, you're just having a four morning. It's a really sweet way to understand fours when they're particularly melancholy. And you can find it on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to music. So talking about, like, the things that you've walked through and that you've had high-risk pregnancy, mm-hmm. that you've you've struggled in your marriage and postpartum, and then all of this stuff with your girl, like, what have been the things that were kind of, like, columns that you could look to where, like, God's goodness shone through?
1: Yeah, just, like, I think that the hardest thing for us this past year was the... We felt alone. We said that all the time mm. to each other. We feel so alone. We feel like don't pe- people don't understand. And I feel like a big lesson I learned when I was in postpartum depression, um, you feel that way too. But a huge lesson I learned is that I'm not alone, that even if I don't have people around me that understand, God understands me. God mm. is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. So this year was kind of like relearning that in a different way. But when we ended up in the hospital, um, I have shared about it a few times on Instagram. And, like, people respond and and say things and friends are always there for us. But this time, for some reason, people really showed up Mm. and people were really there. And that was, like, that was God. Mm -hmm. Like, even right down to the medical people that were with us, like the technologist who was doing her EEG when we were in eMERGE. She was like, you know... You guys have probably been here early like you look really tired do you guys want to go grab something she's good here with me like i mm-hmm. promise i will call you like stuff like that you know um the nurses doing the same thing like it's hard on your marriage when you're there but them saying like you know you can go have dinner at mm-hmm. like the cafe down the hall like we promise we're going to call you um so that's kind of like really where we've been seeing is goodness is like people showing up people helping us financially that was our biggest thing too, was that when we ended up in the hospital, they said, we don't know how long you're going to be here. And of course my husband being the man who wants to provide, but also be there is like, right. I don't know where I need to go right now. Right. And so I had told a friend and she had said, why don't you set up a GoFundMe page? And I was like, I don't think that's something that I want to do, but if someone wanted to do it, I would like accept And then I had another friend who said the same thing. And so they collaborated and set one up for us. And we're so grateful for how people have given to just help us. Like no no amount is too small. It just, Mm -hmm. it helped us so incredibly much to pay for our hospital bill then. And then we actually have to go back in a few weeks um, for some testing. And God is showing up in such good ways and just like working on our hearts. Um, And I think another way too is like growing that faith, right? We think we've like arrived Mm -hmm. at something. But one verse that I read when we were at the hospital is, um, I think it's in Deuteronomy. Oh my goodness. I should have written it down, but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's where God takes Moses to Mount um, Nebo. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, like, this is the promised land here, but this is where you're going to die. And I'm not allowing you to go in because you actually publicly um, didn't show that I was a holy God to the people that were before you. And when he showed that to me, I was like, what does that even mean for me here right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be there with you. Mm -hmm. And you need to, like, walk this out and speak this out with where you're at right now. Um, so it's like little things like that, yeah that you mo- you have to have ears to listen and lean in rather than hear the noise around you, the mess around you, right
0: mm-hmm. right yeah, I, I love that like one of the clearest ways that God showed up was in people because I think that that is consistently his m o that he shows yes. up with his people, and he he reminds us of his goodness and his faithfulness through his people. And I think that we, when we're, when we're not the ones experiencing the trauma, we can forget that. Right.
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. When you're
0: in it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is God. This is heaven on earth. This is what the church yeah. is supposed to look like. And you're just like blown away by the people that are showing up. But. Right. If you like on the other side, you can like so minimize how important the showing up is and ignore yeah. those like nudges from the spirit that are like, "Hey, bring her yeah. coffee. Hey, go yeah. sit with her so she can like go walk around." Or you know, like and and yeah. we were when we were in the hospital, like we were never alone.
1: Yeah, and that is like that's not that's exactly how it should be. Right, Like you shouldn't have to journey through. Like the biggest thing that I had a friend text to me was I was telling her how I was feeling and exact same conversation we're having is like, I just feel messy. And like, I trust God and I know his plan is good here. Sometimes I'm like, why us? Why this? But I'm not going to doubt that he has a plan in this. One of the biggest things she said is that like right now you just need someone to hold your arms up. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's exactly what I need right now. Is someone to say, hey, Catherine, I'm coming in here with you in the trench. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how messy it is, how messy it's going to make me. I'm still going to be here with you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to grieve with you. I'm going to be angry with you. Like that, that is a friend. That is a true friend, right? And Mm -hmm. Jesus did that. Mm -hmm. Jesus went with the women saying like, Lazarus is dead, like where were you? And what did Jesus do? He wept.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he knew what he was gonna go do, but he still cried. He Why still because it was with his, them. yes, because he was like, yeah. I I'm sad, like I know what that's like. And like we take that away in the church so often, like of getting down in the mess with people to mm-hmm. say, like, I'm there with you. And that that's so incredibly important. No,
0: it absolutely is. What's hysterical is that yours was, like, a month ago, and mine was four years ago, and I'm the one, like, trying not to lose it while we talk about this, like, and it just goes to show, like, like, specifically talking about, like, the people that show up. I mean, it was one of.
1: It's okay. (laughs) Probably someone you didn't expect to, eh? Ugh <sighs> uh,
0: ptsd does not care if you're recording a podcast episode
1: oh dang girl no it doesn't
0: <laughs> uh i'm so sorry
1: no don't be take your time honestly it's okay
0: uh. I think I'm I'm so much less emotional about the event and more I'm like almost like joyfully emotional about what God is what God did and what yeah. he's done. Um yeah. Through that, you know that he the people that showed up, we've never felt more loved and um what you were saying like the nurses and the doctors yeah. were incredible and that I'm able to uh I understand exactly how you feel yeah right like we could yeah. have this interview having me having never walked that and I'd be like oh my god that's so hard I'm so sorry right right
1: but and I'm able to like sit on
0: the other side of the mic and be like
1: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like yeah. been there you know
1: And I think, too, like, I think that, like I said before, people sometimes don't know how to respond. And I think that, like, the biggest thing is. (laughs) Oh, Blake, come on. (laughs) I think that the most hurtful thing, not most hurtful, but, like, the thing that always plays is when people are like, I can't imagine. And, like, the thing is, is that when you have a kid and they're sick with a cold or the flu. You feel like that sucks. I feel so bad for them. So that same person can imagine them in a hospital, right, hooked up to heart monitors and oxygen and IVs, and a doctor coming in and saying the top neurologist coming in and saying, "I'm puzzled by her MRI." Right, like imagine.
0: Um, but I mean, mess. <laughs>
1: God geez.
0: (laughs) Sorry, this one's on me. This one's totally my
1: fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I don't even remember where I was. Um (laughs) it's okay for women to say I can imagine. It's okay for someone to say to you, I can imagine how difficult this is. I can imagine where you are. This must be so hard. Like it's fine to say that. And I think because people haven't been in that circumstance, they think that they don't have permission to say that. Right. But that's like making such a connection to the person Absolutely. next to you. Right?
0: I think another really yeah. important thing that I can remember somebody saying is, I don't understand, but I want to.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't understand.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it's like. I mean, because the, the um man, I'm going to get through this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, you are. The aftermath of that event was so I mean debilitating anxiety and so much trauma and like an inability to let her out of my sight and I wanted to always be able to check her temperature with my arm and yeah and I felt crazy yeah, <laughs> I felt so crazy yeah but and and I, that was when someone like one of my friends came alongside me I was like look I don't understand but I want to Like, I don't understand what it's like to not want to let her out of your sight and want to always have a hand on her, but I want to understand, like, help me understand so I can walk this through this with you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, like, I mean, if we can go there for a second, like, we have a lot of people saying, like, I'm praying for complete healing for her. And I do not doubt for a second that God can heal her. Like, I pray for that daily because this sucks. This mess sucks. But... The thing is, is that sometimes the bigger miracle is our hearts changing. Mm. Sometimes the bigger miracle is those around us witnessing this and being like, Wow, like you're leaning so hard on God that even though this sucks, even though you feel like tearing your clothes like Job, throwing ash on your face and saying, like, Blessed be the name of the Lord, I still love you. Like People seeing you in that, that it's hard. Like, nobody wants to be there, but this is what God uses. He uses the messy for the miracles. And, like, if that happens one day, then thank you, Lord. But right now, He's giving us strength and endurance. And I think that that's a huge miracle, too. Uh, right. And you have to be looking for the miracles, right? Mm-hmm. You have, like,
0: will complete healing be a miracle? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. is your. Peace and your perseverance yes in the midst a miracle too yep.
1: yes absolutely and like I even think about our own kids like we have three other kids like and they kids oh, I've learned over this last year are so they're resilient but they also they're still dealing with it too right but the things they understand and actually comprehend through this blows my mind away and would I choose this for them had somebody said to me when I had my first, I would have said, heck no. I'm right. not letting them go through that. Right. But now they know like where her rescue medication is.
0: Mm.
1: They know how to give it to her. They know where 911 is. They know how to set the timer. They know, has it been over five minutes? They know all that. They know what a seizure looks like. And that friggin' sucks. But... At the same time, I just think like, God, you are building these kids from the ground up. I don't know what they're going to be someday, but I think it's going to be pretty friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. Right where they are right now is like in the trenches with us. Like we're not going to cover this up for them. We're not going to doll it down for them. They're here with us. And if anything were to happen to her someday, they, they already understand a lot of it, Right. Right, and that there's goodness there. There there's is disgrace,
0: right? Absolutely, amen. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've both collectively lost it <laughs> on this podcast episode, I think this. I mean, it's definitely a first. I've had one make me tear up, but not <sighs> like lose it to that level. And I should have known. Like I should have known, talking about this, that it would be that. But we're gonna do we're gonna do fun rapid fire questions to kind of yes. end it
1: on a lighter note. Yeah. Uh, what is your Enneagram type? You know what? I don't, you don't think know? I know yet, but I took a test recently cause I was super curious cause I knew you'd ask and I was like, I want to know cause I like yeah. knowing my person and I got a four. How do you feel and about not, that? I don't know because like, I don't think I'm like this super artistic person, but I like to write. Mm-hmm. And like just kind of reading it, I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe, maybe,
0: yeah.
1: Maybe I'm like a bit in tune with that, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't well, know. and I say this every time: the best way to learn about the Enneagram, learn about your type, is to learn about the Enneagram in its entirety.
1: Yeah. So, and isn't there that one book that um, The Road Back to You? Yes. Yes. I've got to get that. It's a good I mean, place to that. start. Yeah. What is something that can always pull you out of a funk? My husband and I made up a handshake at the beginning of the summer for when we're in like a bad situation, like whether it's the hospital or at home when we've had like a conversation about like her care or the kids, like we have a specific handshake. (laughs) And I remember in the summer, I was like, the week I got my period and I was like, so emotional, (laughs) (laughs) like bawling my eyes out, sobbing and like, what I was crying about was validated. But at the same time, it was just, like, over the top. And he's like, you know what I'm going to tell you to do? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and he's like, do it, do it. So <laughs> but that got me out of the funk.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's such yeah. a good one.
1: Yeah. I love
0: that. Um, what's the last thing you watched on TV?
1: Oh, I started watching This Is Us.
0: Oh, man. Talk about crying.
1: Yeah, I cry every episode. I started watching last September and I kind of petered off with everything going on. Yeah. And because I was like, this is just too much emotion for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I finished off the other night. I think it was like the last episode of the first season, like the last oh seven minutes. I lost it. I lost yeah. it. I was like, okay, this. Is funny.
0: Yep. Lost it.
1: <laughs> Such a good show.
0: Yeah, I won't watch it because I know it'll make me emotional. I just refuse.
1: maybe it's just better right like whatever I believe you it's good
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know I believe you that it's great I don't want to watch it um (laughs) Catherine this was such an incredible and emotional conversation (laughs) I'm so thankful tell people where they can find and follow you
1: okay I am a simple gal I am only on Instagram right now um I have a devotional that I put out this past february so that is free it's like a five part um so it's at mrs. Catherine hart at or not at anyways I mean, i'm at Catherine. it
0: <laughs> yeah mrs Catherine hart yeah katherine yeah. dot heart yes yes and we'll okay. link to that in your show description perfect so wow. thank you so much
1: oh thank you for having me on this has been amazing
2: Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Kitta FireX hardwire smoke detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows when you order a four-pack of Kida smoke detectors for just $39.97. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Fire FireX Hardwire Smoke Detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows when you order a four-pack of Kitta Smoke Detectors for just $39.97. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only.